Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to start the final chapter in the book of Galatians today. Galatians chapter 6. We'll be reading the first 10 verses. Doing good to all. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, but especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Amen. May God give us understanding this morning. Let's have a quick word of prayer before we start. Our Lord, we're so thankful to be here on the Lord's day, in the Lord's house, on the first day of the week. And we've just been reminded that what a friend we have in Jesus all our griefs and sins to bear, and what a privilege it is to carry all our th things to God in prayer. Father, we want to be tuned in, not be distracted to learn something. There's a word in this message for each one of us that's here this morning and those listening by radio, internet, wherever the case may be. So may we keep our ears and our minds open to receive your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Like I said, today we begin the final chapter of Paul's letter, the Apostle Paul's letter. 
to the Christians in Galatia, that's modern-day Turkey. Paul had established churches there. It's over 2,000 years ago. And he has some practical advice. The Bible is very, very practical. Very practical advice, not only for those people that he was writing to, but also for us today. The Bible is just as relevant today as it was when it was first written. Say, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may be tempted. We're all sinners. And some people's sins uh, are made public, while the majority of our sins are usually kept between us and God. Thank God. Thank God that they're not made public, amen? Unfortunately, when a person lives habitually, continually, controlled by the old Adamic nature, you know, it can shipwreck their faith. And many professing believers, unfortunately, they fall away from following the Lord they no longer attend church like they used to, and they no longer have fellowship with other believers, which is very unfortunate. But Christians who are walking in the spirit, those who are spiritual, are encouraged to get alongside the weaker brother or sister to help restore them back into fellowship once again back into fellowship with the Lord, back into fellowship with other believers so they can have true peace. We're not to judge those who stumble and fall because we might find ourselves in the same boat as they are if the circumstances were the same. The Bible warns us to take heed lest you fall. So we're not to judge anybody. There's only one righteous judge. Amen? It says, carry each other's burdens. In this way, you'll fulfill the law of Christ. This verse gives the idea of someone who's carrying a burden of sin that's dragging them down like a backpack full of bricks. And it's an example of what sin can do in the life of a person if they don't maintain their relationship, their fellowship with Jesus. Some, some of you may have experienced that yourselves. It's not a ve very pleasant experience. Unfortunately, people resist the Holy Spirit by disobeying his word. We do have commandments, not just in the Old Testament, but also Jesus' commandments. If we disobey his word, we suffer the consequences. We're not walking in the spirit of the Lord. Life for those believers that live in disobedience to God, and some of you can relate to this because you've been there, you've done that. Life can become a real burden. I mean, life's a, a burden anyway, right? Living in this world, it's hard enough. But if you're a believer and you're living a life of habitual sin, you're not going to find peace and joy that you once did 
when you're living in fellowship with the Lord and with fellow believers and disobeying God. There is, unfortunately, uh, consequences for not doing that. He said, those who are spiritual, those who are walking in the spirit of the Lord, they should come alongside those who are not to help alleviate that burden of sin that's weighing heavily upon them. See, when one person suffers, we're all part of the body of Christ, being part of the church, one person suffers, we all, we all feel that pain because we're one. We're one in Christ. And we need to get alongside that wandering backslider. And it says gently. <laughs> Don't start pointing the finger at him. You come alongside him gently but firmly. Attempt by the grace of God to restore that wandering backslider. Back into the freedom that they once enjoyed. When, you, when you're walking in the spirit of the Lord, you have peace. You don't need alcohol, you don't need drugs, you don't need to do this, you don't need to do that. You're happy. You're at peace because you're at peace with God. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to restore those people so they can have peace. That's what the world is looking for. That's what everyone is looking for. And the only way you can truly find that is by receiving the Prince of Peace. Jesus Christ. Have you ever done that? It's not too late. Once you die, it is. You need to receive him now. And then you too, you'll receive the peace of God that passes all understanding, a peace that you'll never find in this world, no matter what. So hopefully there's that hurting believer who's suffering because they're not walking with the Lord. They see that unconditional love that's being shared with them by the spiritual believer, trying to help them, not to judge them, they will witness Jesus' command. is to love your neighbor, to love your neighbor as yourself. If we do that, we fulfill the whole law perfectly. It says, if anyone thinks there's something when they're not, they deceive themselves. You ever met people like that? They, they think that they're something when they're not. <laughs> Reminds me of that one of Clint Eastwood's movie. One of, I think it's probably Dirty Harry, one of those. And uh, he's confronted by his stuck-up superior detective. And he says, don't lecture me, Callahan. Do you know who you're talking to? Do you know my reputation? And Clint replies, yeah, you're a legend in your own mind. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So this, someone thinking there's something when they're not, they're deceiving themselves. We know that. It, this leaves no room to think any one of us is better than anybody else. And to judge those that have fallen into sin. 
If we have this holier-than-thou attitude towards those who have fallen into the devil's trap, and that's what he's trying to do, he's trying to trap us by tempting us, we're only deceiving ourselves. Each one should test his own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to somebody else. None of us are exempt from falling into the same trap that we so easily condemn in other people. We've all got our own issues, amen? We've got our own struggles and problems enough of our own keeping in fellowship with God without meddling in other people's affairs. What they do is none of our business, but it isn't a way because we want to help them be restored back into fellowship. Once again, each one, verse 5, should carry their own load. Philippians chapter 2, we talked about this in Sunday school this morning. It's amazing how Paul's um, teaching just lines up with the message that you're hearing today. Sunday school, 10 o'clock every Sunday morning. Philippians 2.12 says, Continue to work out your own salvation. It's our responsibility to maintain our relationship with the Lord. Work it out with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his purpose. Once you're born again, God lives within us. He lives within That's an amazing, that's a, each Christian is a true miracle of God, being born again. To work out here, this is, talks about continue to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. To work out doesn't mean going to the gym every day. Oh, that would probably be a good thing. And, you know, I started getting heart palpitations whenever it was. Uh-oh, those, those arteries have started to get blocked, you know. <laughs> I could have the big one at any moment. I need to get back on the elliptical. <laughs> of course, I didn't, but... But it'd be good, you know, working out means not just going to the gym, to wherever it is, Planet Fitness, wherever it is. There's a free plug for you. <laughs> Send a donation to the First Baptist Church in Coleraine. <laughs> work out means here to continually work at bringing something to its final conclusion. We're headed to a final conclusion. Death. You know where you're going? When you, when you breathe your last, you need to know. It's the most important thing. We Christians work out with the aid of the Holy Spirit by actively pursuing obedience in the process of our ongoing sanctification. So when you receive Christ as your Savior, you are saved. But then he's, the Holy Spirit who lives in us is in the process of con trying to conform us to the image of Jesus. And one day we'll be like him. Until then, it's an ongoing sanctification process. To press on towards the goal of becoming more like 
Jesus. This fear and trembling part that he talks about, it means having respect for God's holiness. Talked about that in the book of Malachi this morning. How did that happen? I didn't read his notes. He didn't know what I was going to preach on. It's right there in Malachi chapter 2 that we were learning this morning in Sunday school. Fear and trembling. Having respect for God's holiness. To have a fear of offending him through our disobedience. And this is our spiritual worship, our reasonable service as Christians that brings us peace and joy. Walking with the Lord brings us peace and joy. Walking in the flesh does not. doesn't bring us peace and joy at all. Verse 6. Paul tells us to do something that most of us don't even think about. It doesn't even occur to us, Christian. What is that? He tells us there, and he changes. I don't know why he threw this in, but he's under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's something practical. What does he tell us to do? Nevertheless... The one who receives instruction in the word. What's the word? The Bible. Those who receive instruction in the word should share all good things with the instructor. Here we see how we can bless a teacher or a pastor, an instructor in the word of God who helps build us up in the faith, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God, like you're hearing this morning, it builds us up in the faith. Paul is saying if we're blessed by that teacher, that pastor, that instructor, we shouldn't keep it to ourselves. What should we do? We should share that with the instructor who's blessed us through the instructions of the word, like we were blessed this morning in Sunday school, like hopefully you're being blessed now by this instructor in the word to build us up in the faith, to encourage us. There's enough stuff out there to discourage us, amen? There's enough out there. So it's great that we can come together for one hour and forget about all that garbage that's going on out there. So once you've been blessed by the word, by the instructor, you share that with the instructor. Say, so you know what you, what you share in the word? That really blessed my heart. So when the instructor hears that, I'm going to be blessed too. Because it teaches me that people are listening and it's making a difference in their life. But if you don't say anything, how am I going to know? The one who receives instruction, the, in the word, should share all good things with me or people like me, like Paul or Betty, who's with the children now. So you could be blessed, you're blessed, share that blessing with the instructor so they can be blessed. Amen? They can be built up, they can be encouraged. 
How everybody, unfortunately. Not everyone who hears the word of God obeys it. See, we've got a free will. No one's twisting our arm. We have a choice. Every day, we've got choices. We either obey what the word of God says, or we don't. And in the next two verses, there comes a warning. And if you really love people, you know, if you've got a child or an old lady that's just about to walk across the road and there's a semi-trailer truck coming, you say, stop. You warn that person. Otherwise, they're going to get mowed over and killed. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. You know, we can fool some people. We can even deceive ourselves, thinking that God would just turn a blind eye to the sinful choices that we make by simply ignoring him. God's going to turn a blind eye. The one who created us, the creator, created us to bring glory to his name. But the fact is, if we, can, if we live continuously, habitually, in a lifestyle that's not honoring to God, there's negative consequences that comes our way. A man will reap what he sows, or a woman as well. It means mankind, not just a man, but also women. We reap what we sow. It not only has negative consequences in this life, it has eternal consequences. Eternal consequences. This is what verse 8 says, just so you remind you, because we only read it once. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, that's capital S, meaning God the Holy Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. We can either serve the devil and live for the pleasures of sin, or we can serve the Lord, Jesus. But you can't do both at the same time. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. Amen? You can't do it. And he has to come first. He must come first. And we put him first, everything will work out. So the devil is trying to pull us, kick us to the curb, and the Lord's trying to lift us up. So we can have peace and a peace that passes all understanding. That's, that's the only way you can find fulfillment in this world, by putting Jesus first. So what should we do? We should make it our aim to please God. Even though it's hard sometimes. Christian life's not easy. People are going to mock you. Oh. Yeah, what? You went to church. You believe in Adam and Eve? Only kids believe that. You may be mocked. People don't appreciate what you do. 
Nobody gives us any credit for who we are and what we do. It's all right. God is watching. God is watching. And he will reward those Christians who are faithful to him. Faithful to him. It says that, verse 9, I'm almost finished. He says, let us not become weary in doing good. It's not a waste of time when you help others. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. See, there's so many that give up, running the race, the Christian race. Not, they, they've had enough for one reason or other. Some, someone may have offended them or, you know, they, they're tempted by the devil and they fall into sin or whatever and they don't come back to church or whatever the case may be. Only they and God knows why. But it says not to give up. Press on. Keep on keeping on. On judgment day, it says we're going to reap a harvest. We're going to reap what we sow. If we reap to the flesh, we're going to suffer the consequences. We're going to be out of fellowship with God. We're going to be serving the devil. Oh, yes, there is one. If you don't believe it, then you're deceived. On judgment day, we're going to stand before the Lord. This came up in the teaching this morning. How did that happen? We're meant to hear it. We're going to stand before the Lord and give an account of the things that we've done since we've been saved. Now, this is at the judgment seat of Christ. This is for Christians. There's two times of judgment. There's the judgment seat of Christ where we don't have to give an account for our sins because Jesus paid the penalty for our sins on the cross. He wiped our sins away. Once we receive him, we receive forgiveness of our sins. Those who are unsaved will stand at the great white throne judgment and they're already condemned because they haven't received Jesus in this lifetime. They're spiritually dead and they will be cast into the lake of fire, to hell. There is such a place. The Bible says so. People don't believe it because they're deceived. But I'm telling you the truth. Because Jesus is the truth, and he always told the truth. And he's the only one you can believe. And I'm telling you that because I love you. Friends, tell the truth. We're going to stand before them. This is a scary thought, even for believers. And Paul mentioned this morning about where it says that he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. God knows every thought that we've ever thought. He knows every word that we've ever said. He knows everything that we've ever done. And we're going to stand between, it's going to be him and us. And we have to give an account of the things that we've done. So, I don't know about you, but that's scary stuff. But, 
He's going to reward us. He's going to reward us for being faithful. See, you're here this morning. The Bible tells us to not neglect the, the meeting, the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. The majority have no interest in being here this morning because they're not faithful. If you're faithful to God, you shall receive a reward. Now, I don't know what they are. It talks about the crowns and all that. But those who are not faithful will lose reward. And I don't know all that and the ins and outs and how that's going to take place, but I know what the Bible says, and I believe it. We're going to stand before the Lord and we're going to receive our rewards if we're faithful. And if we're not faithful, we're going to lose them. That's all I know. That's all I can tell you. On Judgment Day, since we've been saved, we're either going to receive rewards from Christ or we're going to lose rewards. We're not going to be judged for our sins. The ones that are unsaved, that stand before the great white throne judgment, they're already condemned because they've never had their sins forgiven. All right? They're going to be judged for their sins. And one sin is enough to prevent somebody going into heaven because God's not going to allow anything impure or unrighteous or unholy into heaven. He can't do it. He's too pure. He's too righteous. He's too holy. He's not going to allow anything unrighteous to enter in to his holy heaven. So we need to be forgiven. We need to receive Jesus. We need to receive Jesus' righteousness. So when we die, we get a one-way ticket right into the presence of God. You know that? No return ticket. One way. It's up to you. It's your choice. God's not going to twist your arm. He wants you to come to him by faith and believe it and then receive him. Have you done that? It's your choice. So knowing that fact, and I'm telling you the truth, and we're going to stand before the Lord, and I'm going to stand before the Lord. What kind of person should we ought to be with the time that's left to us on planet Earth? Now, if you're one of, the, you know, like a child, you say, well, I've got plenty of time. It's only old people that die. No, they don't. In that church I used to attend in England, there was uh, twins, two twin boys. I think the father died and his widowed mother, they would bring them to church every, every week. Really nice kids. And one day she went up there and called him to come down. One of them came down and the other one didn't come down, which was unusual. So she went up and he was dead. The Lord took him. 
He was only 10 years old. The Lord took him. Don't ask me why. But he did. So it's not only old people that die. We could go at any time. Are we ready? We need to be ready. So knowing we're going to stand before the Lord on judgment day, what kind of person should we ought to be with the time that's left for us? So therefore, and what should we do? What should we do? It tells us right there. Very practical. Finally. You should bring a cushion next time. Therefore, if we have opportunity, and I've cut the message down, by the way, so I'm, you're getting off easy. So therefore, if we have opportunity, let us do good. Just to Christians? He's not saying that. He says to all people, those people, yes, you've got to do good to everybody, he says, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So Paul is reminding us what Jesus has already told us to do, to love your neighbor as yourself. And he also says, put it in the Rennie vernacular, treat other people the way you would want them to treat you. How about that? That's what we're told to do. Let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. So let us close in prayer. So, our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful to be here this morning. You've stirred us up. You've given us the desire to come. And I hope and pray that we've been blessed. Some very sobering thoughts from your word that one day we're going to stand before you and give an account of everything that we've done. But we're all sinners. We all fall short of your glory. We all fall short. None of us are perfect. And we never will be until we meet you face to face. In the meantime, you're in the process of trying to conform us to be more like your son. It's very practical. Help us to obey your word. Help us to be faithful to you. Help us to love our neighbor. Who's our neighbor? All people, everybody. Jesus tells us to even love our enemies. That doesn't come naturally, does it? To love our enemies. Oh, my. And Jesus, when you were being nailed on that cross by those Roman soldiers who had brutally beaten you, and abused you, flogged you, put a crown of thorns on your head, whipped you. You prayed for those people and said, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then when you died, one of those Roman soldiers said, surely 
Jesus was the Son of God. Believe it, people. He is. Jesus says, I and my Father are one. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And he also says that you must be born again. Unless you, a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless a man is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So I pray, I hope, for your sake, that you do what I did when I was 31 years old, realizing I'm a sinner, I knew that already. No one needed to tell me that. But no one told me why Jesus had to die on that cross. But then I soon found out he did it because he loved me so much. And he took the punishment that I deserve for my sins and for yours. We all needed to be forgiven. We need to have our sins washed away. And the only way we can do that is by believing faith in what Jesus did for us. And the Bible says, if those who call upon his name shall be saved. You don't want to go to hell. You really don't. You're going to spend eternity in regret and suffering the fires of torment. Don't be deceived. That's what the Bible says. But God sent his son so we wouldn't have to go there. So believe and receive Christ as your savior and you will pass from spiritual death to eternal life. And your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life and your destination will be certain when you leave this world, which you will. Choose this day whom you will serve. Make the right choice. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.